Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog, episode 100. How are you, my we, brother? We made it. We made we it made. to 100 episodes. Well, we are, we, as we said before, we are over 100, but technically when it is written as episode 100, this is it. And what a milestone. It's freaking awesome. Um, I'm so happy, bro. And where are we at now? Like something like almost 64,000 downloads. So that's the update. It's a little bit over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, man. It's a little crowd, humble little dog podcast. We've got... People listening all over the world, like I'm, I'm walking just, down the I'm, area, and people are like, "Hey, I listened to the episode. That was really cool." I'm like, "Hectic." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes when I like can't be bothered explaining stuff, I just send them that episode. <laughs> it, it's so been like, the listen, best. Listen to this, you know. It's it's been the best catalog. It's been the best thing. Like, oh, for example, just then I was speaking to a friend. Like, oh, the dog bit of separation related. I'm like, listen to that that episode. It's just such a such a mad way to like listen to that. And then when we have the conversation, at least when not having to go from ground up. And that's, I guess that's a great way to dovetail into our idea of what episode 100 will be, is that we want to make it an overview of all the episodes we've done. And we're not going to go into any massive depth of every episode, but I thought we'll talk about it. So that way there, if you're new to the episode, um, to the podcast, maybe listen to this one. We'll give you a guide of which ones you would like to listen to in the future. Just before we start, I thought it might be cool just to quickly go through some of the stats. So, um, I'm just pulling this up in Podbean here. Uh, so, let's have a look. Okay. So, yeah, about 64,000 downloads in two years, which is not bad. Um, obviously, Australia is number one in terms of downloads. So, you've got about 35,000 downloads there. The US comes in second at 16,000. Awesome. Uh, then we've got Canada at 3,000, the UK 2.7,000, and then New Zealand 1.2,000, and then obviously a whole bunch of other countries as well. Let's see what else I can find in here. We've got, <laughs> if you scroll all the way to the bottom, it, it'll show you like where you've had countries with like one download. So, like places like Tanzania, Barbados, Bahrain. Uh, let's hope they're, they are legit. Um, download, but then why Who only knows? one episode? Maybe people are just using VPNs. I don't know. Maybe Lithuania, Ecuador. Yeah, we got the we got all the countries. So it's pretty cool. It is heaps awesome. A way to spread the message across the globe. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> so what we'll do, um, we'll just go through the list, eh? And then just do like we'll try and do like let's say thirty seconds ish on each episode, because otherwise it's going to be like a two hour episode. <laughs> Exactly. Right. If we Look, do a minute. If we do a minute on every episode, it's a hundred hundred minutes. Hundred minutes, is like a very long episode. Listen, like, look, just saying the, the just reading the title would be self-explanatory, especially with a lot of the Q and As. But as I said, um, when we were speaking before we started recording, is that when you download an epi- um, a podcast for the first time and looking at every single episode is overwhelming. So much writing everywhere, you just don't know which one to look at. So mm. I guess hopefully that's. So I guess episode one, introducing Panos and Luke. That's the that's the episode that I um, recommend when I'm at a party and someone says, "How'd you get into dogs?" I say, "Listen to episode one." So that introduces us that two years ago um, where we were, and I actually would like to listen to. That. I'm going to listen back on that and 
listen yeah, to how nah. clunky I was and how nervous <laughs> we probably were and yeah. things like that. So, um, yeah, two years ago, my God, it's flown so by. So episode one was that. Um, episode two, why all dogs need a job. This is an episode that every single one of my clients, I recommend a few episodes, but this is one of them that everyone needs to listen to because it's the fundamentals of what dog training Why do we about. do obedience training? What is like, why, what does it actually do for the dog in terms of its mentality and its attitude towards us as a handler? And um, also like it's, you know, it's attitude towards food as well. Do you know what I mean? Like once you've established a marker, that's the primary reinforcer is food, right? And then we can connect the feelings of the dog towards food, attach that to the work, which is the job. That we're exactly. talking about, right? And so the dog knows that he learns that in order to get the calories he needs to live, he has to work. And so it changes the whole dynamic around food. He doesn't just get his bowl feeding, you know, for free without any sort of freebies. We can use the the training, the walk, whatever it might be, obedience training to show the dog that he has to actually work for his for his food. And well, not even just for his food, but yeah, for his re- what he gets access to. We're going to go for a walk. We'll go to the park, but you must fulfill yep. one of the jobs. He's reinforcer. Yeah, exactly. And the job is you follow the leash. We do obedience training. We do different things. Hey, you can go do agility training and whatever. So all dogs need a job because you all need purpose. And that's really important. Um, episode, episode three. three. Puppies, why the first 16 weeks will define your dog's life. So, the critical period of socialization, right? Um, I still get numerous inquiries every week with um, very unsuspecting puppy owners who call me and say, hey, my dog's, um, let's say, 10 to 14 weeks old. I haven't taken him out yet. I'm like, my God, please (laughs) take him out of the house because I don't want to get a call from you at 20 weeks of age when your dog freaks out because he's never seen X, Y, Z for the first time in his life, right? Exactly. Um, obviously, staying safe, stay away from muddy grass, all that kind of stuff in terms of viruses. But like overall, the risk of poor socialization is much uh, greater long-term than the, the very minuscule risk of catching some sort of disease, particularly in like an urban place like Sydney. For sure. Look, episode three, like the, the things that, we cover in that is the three things we want to do exposure um, as much exposure to the world as possible while the puppy's young in that critical period. We want to teach your puppy how to learn. So obedience training is great, but this is all about setting foundations. So playing these fun games of what obedience is all about is teaching them how to learn. And then also management inside and outside of your house, control your puppy as much as you can. Um, episode three is one of the ones that again, so I have like, there's two different, type of um, recommendations of the podcast I have. If you have a puppy six months and under, we listen to the Puppy 101 series. And we'll go through as much of that as we can today, as well as um, working on this other. So episode three is for every single puppy owner. Listen to that one. Mm, yeah. Episode four, what is market, market training. training? Yeah. Well, as you just kind of defined before, you know, you need to teach your dog how to get the food and how to um, earn some food and earn your reward. So marker training is all about classical conditioning, creating that marker. So that way there, it's one of the cornerstones of your training with no, if you're not doing marker training while teaching your dog, then um, you're missing out on really valuable science. So um, a good yeah. way that I like to describe it to clients when I'm trying to simplify it is, um, and, and I got this from, I'm pretty sure I got this from Glenn. Um, you know, a marker is like a camera. And so, we're taking a photo of a moment in time for which the dog is being rewarded 
or punished. We can have markers for punishment as well. Um, but typically, the way we t- talk about it and where we teach our clients is we're, we're marking something for reinforcement. So, think of it like a camera and it's that, you know, that 1.6 seconds within 1.6 seconds of the behavior for which you are marking the dog and showing him, hey, that's exactly what you've been rewarded for at this exact moment in time. 100%. Really, really important. Listen to that episode. So some of them, I'm going to say listen to every episode, but no, the ones that I actually think are really important, I'm going to say it. And then others are very specific. Um, episode five, what does it mean to train your dog? That's it's deep. broader than you might think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got deep on that one, I reckon. Yeah. I remember. It's um, um, some of our, obviously some of our episodes are a bit more technical and this one is a little bit more of a philosophical one, I think. Um you know, anyway, it was- Listen to what, it. What do you think, man? Yeah. Yeah, look, like what does it mean to train a dog? We think training is like a thing that we do in the moment of training, but training is mindset. Training is routine. Training, training is, is 24-7. Exactly. You the want dog to be- is always watching you. He's always listening. He's always smelling. He's always looking and learning, right? He's learning every moment. But like it's, it's like this, the best analogy for that is that if you're an athlete, you don't just train when you're training at the gym or training with your coach. You're training when you're eating, like your decisions of what you eat, when you sleep, mm-hmm. who you hang out with, mm-hmm. what you listen to, and what does that all entail when it comes to dog training? So yeah. Um, yeah. it is, it's not do this and this makes sense. It's understand what it is that you're trying to achieve because if you don't know what you're doing, then how the hell is your dog going to understand? Mm. I think that's really important. Now, I will say this just for those people who are um, stick around all the way to the end of the episode. I'll read out the top 10 episodes of all time. I've got that as well here. So, like our top 10 in terms of downloads. You might Perfect. be surprised with some of them, but I would say most people can probably guess which ones are, are the top ones. But yeah, Exactly. All right. Episode six, the importance of structured well, walking. Right, because remember, there were some that we didn't get to number and wasn't it the next one after that I see here is what's the best way to introduce oh, two yeah. dogs? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So, again, self-explanatory, we're not even going to talk about it, but the it was it, this is a Q&A where a question comes in, we answer it, and what's the best way to introduce two dogs to each other for the first time? Bah, self-explanatory. Episode mm. six. Episode <laughs> six, the importance of structured walking for your dog. Um, and Pretty I know, cool. Panos, you use the 20-20-20 rule, right? And so... We want to explain that a little bit. Yeah. So, 20, if we, uh, we would normally recommend try to go out for an hour of a walk a day, of course, depending on your dog's age and breed and, and things like that. But um, that one hour is 60 minutes. And if we do 20 minutes of loose lead um, structured walking, which means following the leash and, you know, no pulling in the lead and following the rules, then we do our next 20 minutes when we're in the park for our long lead time. We put our dog on a 10-meter nylon long leash where they can pee, poo, play, sniff, have fun, do what you like. And then we do that 20 minutes loose lead walk back home. So um, walking is one of the most important jobs and tools that you have and having some structure about it is, is essential in my opinion. Mm, absolutely. Right. And the walk, the, the structured walk is the job that we were talking about earlier. That is, well, it is one of the jobs, right? But when we're on the walk, that is the job. You walk next to me loosely in a pocket next to my left leg and then we will Rewards you for that. Yeah. Well, you go to work, you have your break, we go back to work. Exactly. Kind of, yes. Exactly. Because we don't want the long lead or free time at the beginning or at the end because then it overexcites our dogs for the walk or it may overexcite them to come back home. Where if that free time's in the middle, then if you choose to go wherever you want, even if you're in the car, drive a few blocks away to that park, walk there, and then that park time is your is that reward thing. It's a, it's a thing that everyone wants to do, but remember, discipline equals freedom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, next one, toilet training 101. Yeah. 
self-explanatory. You don't know how to tell the train your dog, your dog's still eliminating in the house, or you have a puppy, you don't know what to do. Listen to that episode. That one hasn't got a number, so yeah. you have to just type that in. Still a very, um, very common um, topic, right? With all puppy owners, because you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, and like there's there's different ways of of training, of toilet training, and like I train Shadow in a pretty specific way in terms of mostly managing him inside the crate or inside the exercise pen and having the toilet pads in there, but also I just try and tell the clients like two to three hour window. Um, cycle rather, two to three hour cycle. Typically, you need to be taking the dog outside proactively. Don't wait for him to make the wrong decision yeah. and wee on your rug. That also Definitely. comes down to management as well. Like, mm -hmm. I don't just let the dog fucking run around the house and pee on my bedroom rug. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. He's only allowed in a very small part of the house. Oh, are you, are you, do you mean that you, you don't let a puppy just run around free and just no? Yeah, why is my dog like, you know, pissing on my bed and like, um, you know, chewing when I'm, on my When I'm at work. Rug? When I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you let him maybe? I don't know. Well, look, we laugh, right? We laugh and you're like, oh my God, that's what I do. So don't feel bad. You don't know what to do. But yeah, you don't laugh. know what you don't know. But like exactly. often the, the, um, the answer can be like overly simple. And, exactly. and, and I'll say that. I like, like, this is going to sound really simple, but like, just don't. Let the dog do it. Don't set yep. him up for failure. Exactly. You know what I mean? Set him up for success. <laughs> it's so funny. It is funny. And look, and it's hard when you answer that six times a day to three different people. Um, mm. And then you're kind of like, oh, like obviously. And then people may feel, you know, like um, embarrassed or, you know. No, no, no. There's no judgment. There's no embarrassment. We can have a laugh about it. But it's like, I just want to exactly. say like the, the answer does sound simple because it is. And we can have a bit of a laugh about it and whatnot. But like once you realize, you're like, oh, yeah, I just, I just. Manage totally. the dog. That yeah. 1.6 seconds is everything. So, you so know. much of what we call yeah. training in the early stages, especially, is just management. Mm -hmm. Just managing the dog. So true. You've got eyes on your dog. It's very hard for the, something to go wrong. That's my that's my take on it. Anyway, I'm down with that. All right, episode seven. Uh, a bit of a very common one that comes up with a lot of my clients as well. I'm sure yours as well, brother. Every to dog park or not to dog park. <laughs> I love I love how we um how we name that one. Um, look, dog parks. You want to hear our opinion on dog parks? Listen to that episode. Should you go to the dog park? Should you not? When? How? What type of dog park? What type of dog? There's so many variables. But mm -hmm. just two things I'll say about dog parks is that it can be a dangerous place for your dog, and it's a place where your dog may learn to ignore you. So yeah, take those two things yeah. and listen to that episode and. You can see your dog learns to get a lot of reinforcement outside of you, right? And if you want overall, like we were talking with Brent last time about building focus and then you take the dog to the park where he's like, oh, I get to play with all these cool other dogs and randos, you know, random people at the park. Then you, for me, I feel like you're undoing that kind of focus that you're building. Like I want Shadow to think I am the, the bank, I'm the ATM, all the good stuff comes from me. Anyway, and we're not against we're not against people playing with their dogs and stuff. Just there's a lot to it when it comes to a dog park. There's so. a difference between yeah. a dog park and a park that has dogs in it. There's a yeah. big difference, right? And so, like, exactly. we'll go to the park, and there might be a couple of other dogs off off leash or whatever. But I never go to actual dog parks. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Same. How do I stop my dog jumping up on people? Self-explanatory. Episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, how to deal with reactivity in dogs. This is actually one of our most popular ones. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and how it differs from aggression, right? Totally. Um, yeah, look, reactivity sucks. Reactivity happens because you have an overexcited dog. You have a reactivity because your dog's fearful or insecure um, and many other reasons in between. So um, what is reactivity? It's such a buzzword, right? But it's when your dog lunges at the end of the lead, he's barking and he's unsettled and not sure what to do. So there's many layers to reactivity and, one thing 
that we, I guess we talked about last episode with Brent was, well, we need confidence um, in our dogs and we want our dogs to be able to focus on us, not just when we ask them to, but voluntarily. That's a big takeaway from that episode. Mm, independence. So, yeah. Exactly. Teaching long-term independence in the dog. All right. Raw feeding, harnesses versus collars and balance training versus positive only training. So many topics in that one Q&A. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's one of those things that you should just listen to. That was a Q&A that came in um, from Andre going, well, what do we do here? Raw feeding, harnesses, versus collar. There's so many. We're not even going to talk about it. You've got to listen to that one. Um, episode nine, babies, babies and dogs. kids and dogs. Yeah. Well, that's strategies for managing them together. That was something that had to be talked about since my son was, wait, how old was Leonardo? He would have been what? like five months old then. Well, like it's saying right he won year or yeah, look, episode nine. Yeah, so look, it had to have been November 29, uh, November 2019, I should say. Um, so June, July, August, September, September. Yeah, like so, five yeah, months. So, yeah. so um, yeah, what was the experience in that time and, and having that firsthand experience with my dogs? What should we do? How do we avoid things? Um, it's every single time that's one of the most um, recommended episodes when people just have kids or they're having kids coming up. Listen to that first. That becomes a good foundation because you'd be surprised how much you can do before a baby comes. Um, set yourself set yourself up for, for success, showing that your house is your sanctuary. It's your Zen palace. So, And if you can, like, for example, if there was a child in your house now and you were to watch TV and let Shadow just hang out, let's just say it's a new kid that he's never met before, um, you would say that, it's not a bad dodgy situation. You'd be able to already manage it and control it because you've already got those systems in place. Mm. Oh, I can tell you right now, Shadow would just be in the crate probably and I would keep the child away from the crate. For sure. And then even, let's just say even, well, and most people would not even think about that, but then let's just say that person's going to, yeah, they're staying over for a week. So yeah. like it's something like a long-term. We manage the interactions. Yeah, and Shadow would come out and it's not like he jumps around your house and steals everything off the counter. He's not doing all those things when there's no kid around. So you can teach your dogs what to do and act as if there is already a baby in the house. And I think that's definitely possible. Um, all right. Can dogs be certified, quote unquote, certified to walk without a leash? The answer is no. <laughs> Unless yeah. like a police handle about that's it, pretty, even that's I'm a pretty, pretty random sure. question. I don't it know. Was. Who's, yeah, that's a good yeah. one though. There was context to it, um, so I get it. But um, but yeah, the answer is no. But listen to it because I'm sure I added a whole bunch of other. Um, and I think there should be. I think someone like myself and you that are trained dogs, and if the dog knows to follow the rules, and if there's some sort of assessment or test, it'll be very handy because the rangers. Uh, well, look, I'm I'm managing my dogs a lot better now but I can leave my dogs off the lead and just lay down while I'm doing training with a client. And that is technically illegal when I do that. Because mm, you've dropped a leash, yeah. But it's very difficult to do my job and then hold my dog's leash while I'm handling yeah. another dog. So, you know. Have you ever some- had any dramas with the rangers? I'm pretty cool with my rangers. My rangers know me in the area. So, um, and I've no, never I even haven't. seen a ranger in, because I live in George's River, right? And I've never, I've never even seen a ranger in this area, bro. I've oh, never seen real. a parking ranger. I've never seen a dog ranger. Oh, we get ever. patrolled like every single day. They're, they're up and mm. down. They drive their car in the park and everything. They drive mm. their car on the beach. There's so many off-lead dogs. And look, and, and I'm down, man. If, you know, people need to control their yeah. animals. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Um, what was the next one? Episode Ooh. 10. Adopt versus shop. Spicy one. Yeah. Adopting versus, you know, buying a dog from a breeder. And it's like- There was one person who was really, issue, right? really, really triggered about this one and got really upset yeah. <laughs> and messaged me about it. Um, yeah. Look, um, we all, like we know that the saying is like adopt, don't shop. And we're talking here about adopt versus shop. 
Do you mm. go from a breeder? Do you get from a rescue? And the answer is whatever you want. Like the don't I don't make anyone feel bad because you went to a breeder and got a dog. That's ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Shadow was an accidental um Shadow was an accidental breeding from a lady who does structured and scheduled breeding, but one this time, you know, the the male the, the bitch was tied up in the shed and she was in season and the male somehow got into the shed and next thing you know there's a litter of puppies. So it's like <laughs> she she didn't Yeah, do you know what I mean? So that wasn't a situation where she was like you know, the people who say like, oh, you, there's enough dogs in the world. It's like, well, okay. So, in a situation where I, I still went to a private um, person and, and you know, quote, unquote, bought my dog, but she wasn't planning to have that litter. Yeah. It just happened. So, is yeah. that the same thing? I don't think so. No, look, and I think the – I get it. Emotionally, it's nice to rescue and adopt the dog that needs a home, obviously. Actually, in fact, most of the dogs that I have and all the dogs yeah, that I have. Shadow, Shadow was in no less need of a home than any other dog. Exactly. So, but then that's, saying that's, that's just me playing devil's advocate. I'm like, we should hold breeders accountable, actually, to be that. No, you should be producing the best of the best for temperament and health, not just for looks and size. Mm. And if we can start doing that properly, then we won't have to be worried about how many dogs end up in shelters. Number one, it can, it can affect that number. But also, you know, you need like you do, you still need dogs to be bred. Um, mm. Otherwise, if we rely on the rescue dogs, we've, three, four generations, we probably won't have many dogs. If, if all the I, dogs think on, I think on one <laughs> level, like there's, um, it's obviously, it's a, it, you know, you are doing a good, good thing to rehome a dog. But uh, the, the skeptic, the cynic in me thinks like some people perhaps think they are doing more of a good deed than they necessarily are. And they sort of get a little bit high on this, like, oh, I've saved yeah. a dog's life kind of shit. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You're you're entitled to think that. But look, I've worked in shelters. We they, they you know dogs live and get to live in people's homes because there are people that that you know that's their job to you know rehab these dogs mentally, physically, emotionally, mm. whatever. And um, but in saying that, if you want a dog for a specific reason, you want a specific breed, and you're going to do everything correctly from a breeder that's doing everything correct. I don't think there's any problem with it. So anyway, mm. listen to that episode. Um, we won't go too far. We'll go too puppies again, episode eleven. Well, hold on, uh, there's another the- one. There's oh, a- sorry, I keep skipping over these. Yeah, you know why? Because we haven't numbered them yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the list, and it's like it doesn't have a number, so it doesn't even. I'm just looking for the next number. And look, it's for looking after a friend's dog during the Christmas holidays. Pretty self-explanatory. Right? Self-explanatory. Check that out. Another episode puppy one hundred and one. Yeah, puppies one hundred and one. Bringing your puppy home for the first time. That's really, really important. We go through really, really good things about like setting up an exercise pen and dealing with separation distress and puppy proofing your house, teaching a puppy how to learn, all that sort of stuff. One of the really important ones for um, any puppy owner. So that's why it's one of the Puppy 101 series. So we should find a way where we can like have all these, like the Puppy 101 in one spot. And I want to kind of group them up somehow. Not group them up, but there's something that I'm thinking that will be nice because if you have the a specific question on oh, my dog has separation distress. Yeah. Listening to that episode alone is good, but there's a few others that can complement. Yeah. That like problem. A, a playlist of, you know, grouped yeah. themed sort of yeah. episodes. Yeah. We'll work on it. We'll we scroll through all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Licking and eating off the ground during walks, how to stop it. Yeah. Well, so expensive. Check <laughs> I can that tell out. you one way to stop it. <laughs> and look, and again, some very, very easy, answers to that and then also there's something that could be a little bit more complex like well why does your dog do it and then how do we change his Mm. or her mind again coming back to like handler focus and that kind of stuff right 100 
And teach, 12. teach a leave it command, like teach him not to oh, leave absolutely. the floor. Absolutely. Well, I, I use I load a leave it command with a with a bowl of food. That's how I do it yep. from the start. Mm-hmm. And so the dog learns like, no, leave it means fucking leave it, mate. Hundred percent. And so and I and it's like Save their this, life. this this word salad thing, right? I teach my clients like it's not sometimes leave it, sometimes bad boy wrecks, sometimes no, don't do that. And other times, no, please don't eat that thing off the ground. Like it's leave it. Yeah, exactly. Always. 100%. Always, always the same thing. Same way when I tell him to sit, I don't sometimes say sit and other, other times say whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's a marker. Yeah, exactly. Well, it can become a marker. It can become truly reflexive if done properly, especially the leave it. Like you want it to yeah, be a thing Shadows like, oh, is gosh. definitely reflexive. If, if he's got yeah. something in his mouth and I say it, it hits the ground before he even realizes it. Beautiful. I love because it. Because of the way we've taught it. So, exactly. that's, that's my hope for everyone as well because it could save their life. Totally. Uh, Especially when a dog, like, I had to get a, a dead rat out of a dog's mouth. I was looking after the dog, dog on a long lead, jumped in the shrubs, grabbed it. I had to like wrestle the dog, nearly got bit and trying to get this dead rat yeah. out of its mouth. It'd be nice. Because he has no leave it. It'd be nice. Even if I said leave it, I don't know. It, like sometimes when things are so in- Yeah, pray drive like, like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was already right? dead though. So um, yeah. anyway. It might why do we, what was it? We were up to episode 12, yeah? Why do we have dogs in our lives? Yeah, that was another deep. deep one. Yeah, that was good. I love. It's like that one. every few weeks, every couple of months, we go. We have like one really deep episode. Man, my brain like is always in like in a depth of everything, and I guess maybe that can be self evident with some of the way that maybe I vote. Like, man, the episode is about us just thinking out loud all of the yeah, times, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, well, what is it about having, especially when you're a dog trainer and you're with dogs, you're fixing dogs all the time. You see them, like, you don't want to mm. get caught up in this. I, I just fix dogs all the time. You want you don't want to mm. be a physician for people and go, oh yeah, people are broken and they need to be fixed. You want to know what it is about more dogs holistic. And, yeah. yeah, have some self reflection about mm. what it is about you and your dog because that does a tr- um, affect the, the your life with your dog. There you go. Yep. Persistent, Persistent barking. barking. Mm. That's no that's no number on that one. But yeah, how to stop it? Self explanatory. Check it out. Um, episode thirteen. Phases of training and schedules of reinforcement. So, this is a bit more of a technical one. So, mm. we, yeah, we go deep and then we go technical again. So, yeah. Um, Good balance. You, so, we've got, you know, generally three phases of training, right? Um, teaching, uh, training, and proofing. Yep. Right? And so, we won't go into it right now, but then also the the schedules of reinforcement. So, um, if you look up intermittent schedules of reinforcement, um, it's the same way that your Instagram feed works. It's the same way a poker machine works. Um, if you look that up, you'll you'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah, right? very, very the way we important. strengthen a behavior is by um, removing the predictability of the reinforcer, basically. That's how exactly. they keep you addicted to all kinds of stuff. And that's how we addict a dog to doing a behavior. That and then, of course, knowing, you know, when should you later in pressure and things like that. You shouldn't yep. do it too early and not too late. And so that's a very, for people that are listening that want to go that one extra layer in and understand the, the mechanics, very recommended. Yeah, because people, oh, that's actually a common um, question is like, you know, how long do I have to wear this treat bag for? And it's like, well, not forever. You will fade yeah. it out. We go to an intermittent schedule, but like, it's not never. You know, you don't never have to reinforce the dog again. And it may not exactly. be food. You might transition to play or toy or something else. But for sure. anyway, and, and this correction the for non compliance and shit like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, now, actually, I'm looking now. Now we're all numbered. So, just for yeah. anyone that's confused about like, how do you, how is this episode 100 <laughs> when you've done other episodes? Because we had it some must, idea. I reckon it's like 110. I reckon it's something like that. Oh, no, there you go. 108. 108, 108 we've yeah. done. So, this is tech. The one we're doing right, 
right this second, the one that we are recording tonight, is the technically the hundred and ninth episode. That's but, it. Exactly. Know, number one hundred, right? <laughs> um, episode fourteen. How do I ensure my family and friends positively in- influence my new puppy? Yeah, mm. self-explanatory, pretty deep. And one of the most biggest frustrations from a lot of clients when someone's taking it fully serious and then like dad and mum like don't care or they don't mm. understand, they're ignorant or they're just like, we've had dogs before, you're getting too deep into it. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of tips there, personal tips. Um, well, the best one is move out and just have control over your house and your dog. <laughs> that's the best answer, but no, it's not always possible, right? Yeah. So it's um, very, very quick for, you know, friends and family to detrain or untrain, whatever you call it. Um what you've done to your dog, right? It, 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 your dog will, your like dog will find the weakness in the in the chain. Like if if one exactly. of the family members is willing to break the rules, the dog will find that lickety split. Yes. Well, look, I think it's mainly for like homes inside the behavior. I mean, behaviors, behaviors inside, inside the home, the home. Mm-hmm. rather than like if I was if I live with my family and my dog does behavior X with my dad on a walk, but if I'm walking him, there may I do see that the dog understands who they're with and they. And there's yeah, yeah, there for is sure. A difference, Shadow right? listens to me more than Rach, hundred percent. Sure. But inside the house, like yeah, man, my dog still pees in the house. My dog still chews and counter surfs. It's like yeah, that's because you're doing one thing, and then you go to work, and your mum and dad do different things, and that's what that episode talks about. Mm. Um, episode fifteen. Three of the most important commands your dog should know. So it's like the golden three, right? Mm. Um, which down, is down, down, come, and bed. Yeah, the recall save your life. The drop stay save your life. The bed, just save your sanity. Really- yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most important command inside the house is the bed. I don't really give any other commands really, except for bed and outside is really the only commands yep. I need in the house. Obviously, there's probably other things I tell my dogs to do, but I'm not telling my dog to come in my house. He's not really in that position to be somewhere where mm. I have to really say come. And if I went outside, then wherever they are, they'll go outside. So yep. um, three most important, definitely listen to that. If you're listening to this so far and you're this deep into it, listen to that episode. Very important. Um, four would probably four would probably be the loose leash walk. Yes, exactly. Which Look, is, we, yeah, we've In told you to listen skills. to so many. Yeah. Listen to all of the episodes. Um, <laughs> do a favor, just download like every single one of them, just for our um our algorithm. <laughs> all right. And um, episode sixteen. At what age does training become ineffective for older dogs? Um, shit. There you go. What's That's the saying? You you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I yes, would it, tend to disagree. Yeah, look, it's it's a lazy person's mantra, number one. Number two, it's all about motivation and physical limitation. If your dog's old and you're trying yeah. to teach them to jump over yeah. a hurdle, yeah. you're an asshole. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. But, and look, and of course, we have to say when dogs are in a habit of a behavior, like it can be very hard. Sometimes we have to manage the dog for the rest of their life. There are certain things. But in terms of like teaching dogs, I've taught a nine-year-old dog to do all from zero commands to doing everything within like two, three months and doing it reliably too. It's certainly a myth when we say we Possible. can't talk. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, where are we at? Episode, Episode 17. 17. Uh, for dog trainers, self-care and developing yourself beyond work, right? So, it's like what is, you know, does is dog training your entire identity as a trainer, uh, as a person, sorry, mm. um, having having something outside of that? You know, because then when you're doing it as a job, it become it becomes it is a job, right? And mm-hmm. so, what may have started as a passion um, can just become the thing that brings home the bread, right? Yeah. Um, and so, trying not to trying to stay 
like trying to remember why you got into it in the yeah. first place. Keeping the flair, don't get burnt out, don't resent your dogs and get overtraining because when it becomes a job, it's like another thing to do rather than mm. stuff to do. Um, but also, yeah, like, you know, be, be aware of your own shit and, you know, ha- have some time for self-reflection, have some time for family, have some time for all those other things. Otherwise, especially dog trainers, just like anyone in dog trainers will say in particular, because, as you said, our job with working with dogs, especially when your dog's with you all day, you you may, like, it would be different for me if I had a random other job and I came home and I, oh, my dogs need all this stuff. But because they're getting it all while I'm at work, when I come home, they're like, they're tired anyway because they've worked yeah. all day. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm not really like doing that thing that my client would do because we have a different role. So, um, yeah, people, people that are listening that are dog trainers or deep into it, um, we wanted to cater episodes like that specifically for, for the professional year. Episode 18, how do I get my dog to down without luring? That's pretty self-explanatory. Another Q&A, check it out. Episode 19, living with a fearful dog. Yeah, more self-explanatory. Um, but look, living with a fearful dog sucks. Um, when your dog's scared of everything, when your dog is scared of like ira- you would think what you think is irrational, become stressful, it impacts your life. So instead of trying to stop behaviors with fearful dogs, we actually want to try to create more alternate behaviors and more confidence, obviously. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so 20, why is it important not to feel sorry, quote unquote, for a dog when adopting or buying them? Yeah. It's a good one, right? Good. Again, going back to this whole like adopt versus shop thing, it's like, you know, again, like what I was saying, and it is a bit cynical, but it's like, uh, is everyone adopting dogs for the right reason? Like you don't you don't want to make a lifelong commitment and it should be a lifelong commitment to an animal just because you went to the shelter and like it had sad eyes and you felt sorry for it. Totally. Look, that's this is like a life lesson. Balance your emotions and bla- balance your rationale or your rationality, your logic um, because – if you felt, if you took every dog that you felt sorry for, you'd have a lot of dogs in your house. Um, Doctor Doolittle, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, and look, I maybe I can share a little bit of something personal real quickly. Is that when Spades was like, you know, thirteen weeks old at the shelter I worked at, there was probably a little bit of that. Like, oh, he's so small and cute, and like yeah. a puppy shouldn't be here. I'll take him home for a couple of weeks, kind of give him a stable place, <laughs> and then I'll bring Next him back. Minute. <laughs> and um, or just so people could know as well, just to send some good vibes for Mr. Spades, but he had his surgery on Tuesday and it's Sunday now. Um, he had a couple of lipomas removed, but one of them was in his thigh. What's a lipoma? It's like a fatty, fatty tissue. You know, there's okay. like, um, yeah, like they grow typically under the skin. They're just like a big blob of fat, okay. but they look like a big fat tumor, you know? Um, okay. But one of them was growing inside of his thigh and it fused to his um, thigh bone, um, Jesus, the vet yeah. said. So, and I didn't really catch it early because it was inside of his muscles. It's hard to know. And so for and, the people out there, what does it, what are they should, what are they looking out for? Like, does it, does it when, feel like something or? When your dogs look, one thing I'd probably say, look, and it's generally for dogs that start to get a little bit older is when you see a little bump, like a little lipoma growing, like obviously any bump, get a check straight away. We checked it years ago and I thought, Oh, I didn't want to put him through the stress of taking him out there. But, um, and actually, in fact, this thigh one, I wasn't even keeping an eye on because I didn't know it existed until I was checking for a different lump mm. that Sheldon said, he's got like one, like the size of a freaking orange in his thigh. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he showed me and I felt it. I'm like, my God. And because it was growing in so much small surface area, a little bit kind of looked like a lot more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where if it's growing mm-hmm. under the skin, it's separate to the muscle. So anyway, he's all still recovering and stuff. So Mrs. Spade's still with us after 10 years, almost 11 years. And was it because I felt sorry for him? Well, 
I wouldn't say I felt sorry for him, but he fit into the household well and he it pulled your well. heartstrings. Yeah. So yeah, look, I guess don't be heartless. Have emotion, but but then think about it a little bit. But and use your rational mind at the same time. So it's so important. That's mm-hmm. yeah, it's everything. Um, episode 21. 21, really important. Play with our dogs and the benefits of and different styles of play. So, you know, play is like really biologically and fulfilling for a dog. It's an essential in a dog's life. They're social animals. They need to play. They're Playing mammals. With- they have a play circuit in the brain. Um, you know, when your dog does the play bow, like there's a whole portion of his brain that is devoted exclusively to that. And that's part of the big, for me, that's the most fun I have with Shadow is when I'm playing with him. Like yeah, 100%. Well, look, hands play, down. Well, look, you say play and then play would be like just this superficial, like, oh, yeah, dog plays with other dogs. Play is about how do we play in terms of using the tug, using the ball, yep. because, yeah, having the fun, having the engagement, relationship building, but it's also about impulse control. It's also teaching him, you love the ball so much, you love the tug so much, let's work for it. Let's do stuff. Mm. Sit down, come stay, practice your bed command, practice your other tricks, get him mentally engaged while physically running after that ball. And if you mm. can hold a passive behavior for an for intense an game of tug, yeah. oh, my gosh, that's how we get power power and precision and also the dog knows when to be turned on. So then in other times when he's off, he's off and he's chilling. Mm. And that's why play is important. Um, and as you said, it's it's bonding time. And why, just like the dog park, why outsource that most important time, like all the time, every single day? Makes no sense, you know? Dog doesn't mm. see you as as everything that's fun. So... Episode 22. Coronavirus special. <laughs> what to do with your dog during these times. That was released on the 19th of March last yeah. year, you know, when the shit hit the fan. For the beginning, um, yeah, the first for time. For the first time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, in, in a way, um, lockdown's actually been more intense this time. I mean, speaking as you and I both living in Sydney, right? Exactly. Like, our lockdown is actually stricter this time. Um, yeah. in terms of where you can and can't go, distances and shops and whatnot and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, I guess two things that COVID fucks puppies up. Number one is separation-related issues because your puppy's with you like a Velcro all day, every day. You're working from mm-hmm. home, homeschooling from home. You're not leaving. Yeah. You need to, you need to, you need to get your puppy and teach him and her to teach her yeah. to be alone, be in themselves. So, that's important. And then also the bullshit about, oh, I can't socialize them in this time, like there's more than more than ever, are there people outside of your house walking around? Um, this is the time where we need to be making sure that we're doing as much as we can to um, experience them to as much of the normal stimulus that would normally yep. see. Because the coffee yep. shop doesn't exist right now, like it's not busy like it used to be. So you need to get creative. So begin with the end in mind. Is I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, twenty three. When and why <clears throat> to use punishment? Yeah, totally. So important. You're going to punish your dog one way or another, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you mm. withhold food, whether you give a leash correction. We talk in that episode about all the most important things about how to do it, why should you do it, and why it's essential. Um, so then if it's essential, make sure you're doing it correctly. And if you need help, consult a professional because it's not one of those things that you should just go start cranking your dog for nothing. It makes no mm. sense have the right intention um, and always teach your dogs what you want them to do. Don't just focus on what you don't want them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What 24, what dogs have taught me, which was you, right? That's me. Four-legged therapists for people. And they are. Well, they totally yeah. are. Look, I, I put it this way. The reason why I got into dog training or even pursued dog training in, in the first place was that dog changed my life in so many different ways. Um, and I'm passionate about dog training. It's my craft. I love it. 
But the real reason why I love it so much is because once we develop a language and a sport with our dog, a way of communicating with them and doing things properly, then your dog can actually treat you and your life so much more better. Mm. So the real passion that I have is that I love people. I love, and be surprised or not, the dog trainer likes people because most dogs, dog trainers, hate people and they yeah, love if you, dogs, right? If you're trying to be a dog trainer because you quote unquote dislike people, you're in the wrong industry. Exactly. Unless you're doing board and trains, right? So, um, and even then even you still then. have to speak to somebody. Yeah. Um, but look, basically for pet dog owners, I love, I love people. I love dogs. So, you know, dogs have it's, treated my it's life. It's funny just on the Corona, um, the COVID thing, like I was talking to a mate, uh, actually, you know, my, my Adam, my copper mate is a, he's a dog handler. And he was saying, cause Shadow is 10 months old now or 10 months like this week. And I was, he was saying like, man, imagine you're locked down without Shadow right now. And I was like, you're totally right, man. Like he gets me out of the house two to three times a day, minimum, go to the park once, like once a day, at least for about an hour. For sure. Um, you know, gets me walking, all kinds of stuff. Well, man, and like, like look, just it's so much more entertainment that I, and, and love and affection and you know what I mean? That I couldn't have, I like so much stuff that we're limited from doing at the moment. And Shadow has just brought so much um, richness to our lives in the last well, 12 like, months. Not, not even that. Dogs just, they break down the layers of what we see the world as. Like we can see the world and categorize it. We can see the world. Even when you were to look at, if you were to look at it as there's always factions, there's the life, the left and the right, the up and the down, and dogs see it a little bit differently. And if they take away some of the veils of life, which means like for me personally, I was able to think and grow differently spiritually because of my dogs. Because when you start seeing how another animal or another species interprets the world and their perception, mm-hmm. Then, that, then we can kind of like compare that to our perception and then we can say, what's the difference in terms of like, if you're going to like use that as an equation, what's the difference? What's, what's outstanding? Because we have more in common than, um, than one would probably assume. So mm, yeah, dogs, dogs, you know, dogs teach us, we teach dogs to live in our society. Dogs teach us to live in the now. And there's a reason for that. So um, yeah. All episode right. 25. 25. Our first um, guest that we ever had was uh, Mr. Glenn Cook. Yeah. Interviewing Glenn Cook of the Canine Paradigm, right? So um, big, um, big influence in both of our lives. Like he, we, we, I learned dog training from him. So did you? Um, You know, Glenn for like thirteen or twelve years now, or something like that. Um, Yeah, top bloke. Listen to their episode, um, their podcast, the Canine Paradigm. That's actually very relevant right now. I will say to anyone who has or is about to get a puppy. At the moment, because we interviewed him at the start of the last lockdown, so everything that we spoke about was. It was and is super relevant to anyone who has um, a, a puppy during this kind of restriction period. I love you, that. That's you, good. You know, just touching on like the socialization, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Right. Episode 26, overprotective dogs, how to prevent unwanted behavior from them. From them. Um, yeah, there you go. Check that out. So, look, all the Q&A is going to be self-explanatory. That's the question mm. that came in. So, I answered that. Yeah. Um, Episode 27, situational awareness for dog training. Um, far out. Situational awareness is a survival skill. It's a life skill. It's things that you should know. I'm surprised. Look, I'm not saying I'm king itself for situational awareness or anything, but I'm surprised how many, how much people are not aware of anything around them. So mm. there's, there's a dog coming behind you. There's a dog behind you. And it's like, oh, my God, there's a dog behind me. And the mm. dog has to bark and lunge before we even notice. And if your dog's reactive, aggressive, you should be keeping an eye on your environment at all times. And I think it's as, important. Yeah. As trainers, I think probably heightens our awareness a little bit. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Because we're 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 trained to look we're at this. We're on the look for we're, it. We're, yeah. we're foreseeing it. But like, bro, people are like in their own world just walking around because there's look people in Sydney. I can only talk about that because that's where I live. Um, we're generally pretty safe. It's a safe community, so we don't yeah. really think you're going to get attacked or you know something's going to happen. And we follow the road rules all the time. So you got like you know people that just become complacent. But when you become complacent, is when shit happens. So tell you this though, I, yeah. I saw a client yesterday. Um, the, as a puppy client and um, hadn't seen her in a month or so. So, about a, about a month ago, um, her mum was finishing up a walk with her auntie and the puppy and uh, they're putting it in the back seat of the car and literally like 10 seconds or, you know, five seconds from shutting the door and a fucking staffy had gotten out of um, well, like a staffy cross or whatever it was, you know, a bull terrier had gotten out of the um, – out of a yard – somewhere in the street, jumped into the back seat of the car and attacked it. Oh, wow. Out of the blue, man. Totally out of the blue. Not only did it attack the dog, obviously she tried to get the dog off her, bit her. Both of them needed stitches. Um, so, wow. I mean, like I was just saying to her, you just couldn't have had worse luck. Like exactly. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, that could have happened to me, could have happened to you, oh, totally. could have happened to anyone, bro. Like she's putting the dog, she's stra- clipping the dog into the back of the car and just come out of nowhere. So we can talk about situational awareness, but like sometimes bad luck happens, hey, shit happens. That's life, man. And things come our way that like curveballs happen and mm. something like that. Even if she knew the dog was running at it, like sometimes, sometimes you got to prepare for the worst in those moments too. Absolutely. You see a dog coming, you're like, well, what yep. do, like and then also like how do you like okay now you're aware of it and a dog's running at you mm. what sort of training or experiences have you had to now know what to do and how mm. to deal with it and how mm. cool to be or how much to freak out or how much to run fight or flee so mm. it's um it's a tough one that sucks yeah it was everyone all right <laughs> yeah yeah all good. Was the dog? a couple stitches my client's actually a nurse so she she um you know she she she, she uh, once her mum was stitched up and whatnot, and like she took care of it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, um, but just a hairy situation, man. Crazy hairy situation. Episode twenty-eight: leadership styles. Um, look, l- this one here. The only two things I'm going to say about it is because it is a um, a Q and A, and um, and again, it wouldn't have been like, hey, tell me about leadership styles. Like, oh, um, it, w- it would have been in context that I made it like this, and two things that come to mind is that there's like that masculine form of leader and there's a feminine form of leader. Masculine would be about the the commando, the, the authoritarian to say, you know, you do this and you do it now. There's a consequence if you don't. That's one form of leadership. And another form of leadership is a feminine expression, which would be like if we were to dance a tango or the waltz, there's a leader, there's a follower, and there's a flow state. Um, and there's many different examples of that. And when it comes to our dogs, yes, we say sit and you must. But also there's flow, there's there's engagement in the game of doing it as well. And some people are better at some than others, but I think the key is to find that balance, just like a yin and yang sort of thing. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. How are we tracking? We're at episode 29. I don't know how long we've been on for. Maybe 50, 45, 50 minutes. Let's keep Something going like through until we... Get too late, just so you guys know. It's like getting eight thirty on a Sunday night. So perspective. <laughs> we we're trying to do this early through the week, but um, even though we've been locked down, it's yeah. been 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 a hectic week. So um, look, I reckon we get to like episode fifty, and then we do another one next week, and then we maybe like make it like maybe back to back. I reckon. All right. Yes, yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's. Um, we might have to pick up the pace a bit. All right. 
No dramas. Uh, what did we Episode 29. 29. Responsibility. Our ability to respond, right? It's a bit of a play on words. Totally. Look, responsibility now more than ever to be like, you know, have a responsibility for yourself. Have a responsibility for your training. Responsibility isn't just about tending to your needs, but it is about when something comes up, what is your ability to respond? I think that when we say a play on words, I think I think them. The roots of it was something happens, you respond to it. And then that would be you wake up, you do your bed, like, you know, things happen. So when you're managing and living with your dog, you're essentially, you know, their carer and your response, like, you know, preps you for parenthood, it preps you for looking after yourself. I took looked after everything about my dogs when I lived in my parents' house, everything, so that me moving out, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to, like, walk the dog. It's like I was doing all of that anyway. And responsibility is everything. So. Um, and I'm sure we go into like heaps of depth of that one. So that's a, that was a fun one. Dog barking at TV. How do I stop this? Self-explanatory. Next, episode 31. 32. 32. Yeah, dog pulling laundry off no, the No, stop. Clothes. Hold on. 31. His puppies oh, sorry. 31. Puppies 101. Walking <laughs> on to it. And acquiring sibling puppies, pros and cons. So this is a bit of a... Uh, hot topic when you ask Panos about this stuff. And and <laughs> there's, um, look, there's definitely like, you, we can have some fun and we can have two dogs and whatnot, but like, uh, there's definitely downsides as well, right? Of, of acquiring sibling puppies, yeah. Mm, totally. Getting two dogs at exactly the same time. Yeah. Unless you're super experienced, just get one puppy, raise him to a year and a half, get your other dog. That's what I recommend. Um, but certainly listen to that. Walking your puppy as well. You know, we're not teaching loose lead walking. We want to build some confidence and show them the world. So there's some really good tips there if you have a puppy. Um, and it was so important. It is part of Puppies 101. So um, definitely check that out. Mm. 32. Dog pulling laundry off the clothesline and chewing the pegs. How do I stop it? Self-explanatory. <laughs> 33. Interviewing Mr. Scott McGuinness of Canine Connect. That was really fun. That was a really was cool one, episode. Man. We should get him back on. We should get him back on. We, there were so many more things that I'm pretty sure I wanted to talk about with him. Um, yeah. Check that out. Uh, Adelaide, Tra- right? Adelaide-based. Yeah, trainer Scott, from Adelaide. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Check out his Instagram page um, because they do real fun, awesome videos. So, yeah. check them out. Yeah. Episode episode 34, The Power of Dogs to Save Lives. Oh, okay, that was a rebroadcast of the um, your, oh, the yeah. first time I met you, man, when, when I used to do like, that little podcast with my mum years ago and kind of set me on the journey to like, pretty much become a dog trainer, right? Yeah. So, um, Crazy. Yeah, we don't, that, that podcast doesn't, like that series doesn't exist anymore, but um, if you want to listen to that episode, you can definitely hear that. That was probably... That yeah, that would have been recorded like, was like June, two months or a month. Twenty nineteen, yeah, just yeah. before it was just before um, Leo yeah, was born. Yeah, yeah, like the week before. Um, cool. All right, uh, thirty five. Mister Pat Stewart of the Canine Paradigm. So Glenn's co-host, um, super experienced dog trainer. Um, great episode. I enjoyed Check that. Check it out. Operant Canine. Check out his page. Yeah. Um, great training one hundred and one. How? Why? What? When? What do we do about crate? Everyone, some people are really scared about the crate. It's a box. It's a cage. I don't want to like make my dog scared. I don't want him to like think it's a bad thing. It's not a punishment place. It's a place where your dog Mm -hmm. has to live and learn and stay in there. And crate training is really, really important. Super essential. Get onto it. Check out that episode. I feel sorry for people who don't crate train their dogs. I'm just (laughs) going to say it. Because like if I could recommend, if I had to pick one thing that has, um, if it was only, if I had to only pick one thing, Aside from maybe his like the way I've trained him with food and connected his food to you know existential calories and whatnot, 
Um, it would be the crate for Shadow. Yeah. Hands down, the so best good. thing I have ever done yeah. with him. Well, He's look, in it right now. He's asleep. Perfect. Look, put it this way. When Spades was fresh from surgery, I had to um, put him in a crate. Actually, I first put a little pen around him just because I couldn't be bothered finding the crate in the garage. But um, I put him in that. I put him in there, and he just sat there. There was no. He didn't have to whinge. He didn't have to freak out. Mm. I don't normally have to crate him or pen him up or anything. But obviously, in these circumstances, it was necessary. So, if he was sore and ill and stressed because he's in the is in a confined space, that sucks. So, mm. get onto it, crate train your dog because um, it's invaluable. It's bloody mm-hmm. awesome. Um, episode 37 is another puppy 101 with biting, teething, mouthing and strategies that deal with it. Look, I think um, self-explanatory puppies bite you all the time. Um, people want to they stop. play with their mouths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people it's, want to stop normal. and you're, yeah. you're not stopping a puppy from biting. What you're doing mm. is you're going to manage it. You're going to control it. And of course you should start dealing with it and when to correct it and things like that, 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 that will come up, but also expect it because, you know, it's normal. It just, it's like a ba- my baby cries. It's like, yeah, you got a baby. Congratulations. Mm. Um, so, yeah, don't be expected by it. Um, episode 38, which was interviewing Brad Griggs of Canine Services um, International. That was a really fun episode. It got mm. a little bit loose. Um, I think we had to put like a, a little um, um, note there that, you know, like you're, <laughs> if you're sensitive to language, don't listen to Yeah, that maybe episode. not one for the kids, yeah. Um, but it was, it, was, um, it was insightful and we covered lots of different topics and, um and Brad is intense in a good way. He's very passionate um, and he mm. says it how it is and he's very well informed with dog training. So that was an awesome one. Um, how to recharge your batteries, the importance of self-care. This was an episode 39 and I did this while I was sitting on a rock. No, I did this one while I was sitting on my camping chair in front of my fire while I was at camping. It was super appropriate and I was due for a Q&A and I thought this one is important, not just for dog trainers, but for everyday people is that, um, look after yourself. You know, you got to, you want to be selfless and give to your family and to your friends and to others. You need to be selfish. Look after yourself. If you've got nothing to give, you've got nothing to give. So, mm. um, yeah, that was my interpretation of another, that. another little, um, related episode to that. If you go and listen to the canine paradigm, there's an episode where, um, Birdie talks about the spoons, you know, remember the spoon? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's in the title. No, I think not, it yeah. actually was something about yeah, um, spoons, something, something like that. It's, and you're yeah. like, what are you talking about? Really? <laughs> Go and find actually, it. Google that. canine paradigm and spoons, and you, and you should be able to find or it. Or Birdie, Birdie O'Shady. She's been on like eight times, but you'll be able to filter through. But um, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I love that episode. Episode forty: How to Train Your Dog. So that was your guest appearance on um, the Ice Project, which is another yes. podcast. That was mm. uh, interesting. Like a little bit of your backstory and some of your theories on on dog training, and like you know. Um, his listeners had like sending questions and whatnot. Yeah, that was cool. That was really fun, actually. I remember that. Um, and there was probably a bit of a background. Actually, yeah, he asked some really heavier questions that I guess we never really got to like really talk about. Actually, in fact, some things that I kind of forgot about as well that kind of came mm. up because that was a pretty cool episode. So, yep. um, yeah, suss that out. Um, episode 41, dog stealing food and how to stop this. You know, I think yeah, the other dog was like stealing food from the bin, Again, it's like manage dog and control them and teach them what you want them to do. Um, Q&A, pretty self-explanatory. Suss that out. Yeah. 42, um, uh, yeah. when the shit hits the fan, excuse my French, what is the <laughs> uh, what is single event learning, right? That and was so- a, the same time while we were out camping 
Mm. And I go, like let's, re- let's recharge our batteries. And literally like three hours later, a dog jumps the back of a ute while we're at the horse stables there. And the dog, which was like, you know, five times the size of Nookie came and like attacked her and bit her in two legs. And, you know, luckily oh, it was a bloody shit fight. But again, as you were saying with your, um, with your client there is that um, actually, and I, we did talk about man. this, we, we talk about this, but this was like the freakiest thing and I'll never forget it. Um, I'm holding my son. He's like about 66 months old at the time or whatever nine months old. And I see this, the dog, like the car coming through the dirt track. And I look at it going, and I said it out loud and I would never say this really, but I'm like, wouldn't it be retarded if one of the dogs jump off the ute and attack our dogs? And I'm not even freaking joking. Like two seconds later, the dog jumps off and runs at us. I'm like, you couldn't even make that up. Um, It was, it was, and with situational awareness, I see the dog. I'm like, wouldn't it be screwed up if it would happen? And it still happened. However, I didn't buckle. I was holding my son. Tanya was holding the leash. There's horses around. I put my boot in that dog quite a few times, and I believe that was what stopped him or stopped her from committing onto any proper bite. But um, you can be you can be aware, but things still happen. So, yeah, that's your ability to respond. There you go. Mm, We're tying it absolutely. tying it all in together. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Forty three. Uh, how do I safely back tie a dog? Yeah, that was when I was at your place. And it's a good question, man. Like, it, oh my um, god, that was because there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to to back tie a dog, right? Mm. Um, and and like a back tie is not a replacement for a supervised dog. What do you mean? So like some, you know, I feel like some people might just back tie the dog in place of actually just setting it up in a safe area. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you just assume yeah. that the back tie automatically makes the dog safe, which is not, well, not okay, necessarily so the reason the why we, we, the dog we, could, you know, choke itself or do any kind of stuff. Well, yeah. Well, the reason why that happened was because I was walking out of your house after recording and then the dog next door on like a, you know, 10 meter long lead that was tied or a rope was tied to the pole. I walked out, the dog ran up to me to say hi, or whatever. Within one meter of, of getting to me was where the tether stopped. He was on a harness and, it was so intense. He just hit the end of the lead, did a front flip and broke his leg, right? Or something. Mm, like he mm. injured his leg. It was like deformed. And and that's how you ineffectively would back tie him. And that mm. would be something that was like not foreseen. It's not like I would say don't tether a dog that long because he may fall and hit the end. Like that was like, a, oh, my God, what sort of situation is this? But, um, you know, yeah, that's. And you don't just tie your dog up with a chain in the backyard to the heels hoist and then or the clothesline and then just come back in eight hours like that sucks don't ever do mm. that so you gotta do it properly mm. um 44 for dog trainers getting out of your own way and that was um i won't say who it was but i remember was a question that came a question in from came a guy yeah. interstate who was uh like doing some part-time dog training but also had like a full-time job and you know family and kids commitment all that kind of stuff and was sort of second guessing himself in terms of how when should gonna, I do it? How should I get yeah, started? Make the All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that was a cool one. So anyone that's not sure to get into dog training or not sure to get into anything, that's some advice from us, some old wise men, huh? Mm. If uh, I could, if I could offer a piece of advice, having done it myself now and turn it into a full-time gig, I would say it is scary, but jump and the net will appear. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. Yeah, totally. You can't, sometimes you've got to just leap. Just give it a go. And what's the worst? Like weigh up your pros and cons to it, you know? Mm, exactly. um, episode 45, socializing dogs without using the dog park. Another Q&A, kind of self-explanatory. Check it out because you're probably thinking when I was saying we don't like dog parks, and you're like, well, where do I let my dog play? Or in that 
question that came in from Dino. <laughs> like literally that. anywhere else. <laughs> well, especially look at us. I say this now. But, because- how do, but how does my dog play and socialize without a dog park? It's like. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Well, then there's all those things that we have to like. And again, I'm loving doing this um, this overview. And even though we're only going to go halfway today, is that it's awesome because every episode was is tailored. There's a reason why we decided to put an episode out because it all plays a part. It's all a big story, and these are literally chapters. But um, mm. you know, it all does tie in together. So I think it's beautiful, especially looking back at it. Like I know every episode we've done, but to look back at it like this. He's really cool. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, all right. Episode 46, Master Your Castle, The Power of Good Management. If you are a fan of the show and you're listening, um, you know that we talk about good management every single episode because management is a tied to every single thing that we would do with our dog anyway. And as Luke was saying before, we want to set our dogs up for success and teach them good habits. So master your castle, which means be the king of your castle. You have rules and orders and they're there for a reason because – We've learned from the past. We've learned from others that have done it before and set them up. It's a, it's a solid episode. Um, and everyone, puppy owner and adult dog owner, should listen to that one. Mm. 47. Uh, informal versus formal commands. What's the difference? Yeah, well, it's a good one. There's a big a, difference, right? Yeah, huge, huh? And something that's overseen because how many people still to this day after session three, we say, come for our dog to come. And then sometimes they're like, you know, um, Fado, Fado, come on, or come here. And it's like, it's still, that's still, that's too informal. The a formal commands, a formal command. If you want come to happen, come means sit at my feet, run to me and sit there. Where if I say, come on to my dogs, which means we're continuing to move, let's go. That would be two examples of formal versus informal. So that's that. Yeah. Uh, 48, interviewing Narelle Cook on canine nutrition and the benefits of raw feeding. So, that's actually Glenn's wife, um, you know, very big expert on the topic of canine nutrition and on all that kind of stuff. It was a good episode. And, and since, really then, you're since then, because I think she started her, um, her podcast. Yeah, yeah, she's got her own podcast called uh, Natural Health for People and Pets or People and Dogs, something like that. It's very, yeah. very good. Awesome. Really, Doesn't really good. Doesn't do like. I don't think it's like a weekly thing. I think it's she's she's not not every week, but like when you know it's every couple of weeks or whatever she puts one out. Yeah, um, they're very they're good. solid. She's yeah. really well versed. I'm um, actually super I'm that super a- like academic. Um, yeah, you know she's super deep in her knowledge of all this stuff. Yeah, totally. I've actually referred a few a couple of my clients to her who've had dogs with you know GI or whatever gut issues and you know dietary stuff and. She's she got a, she got a few hectic um, PDFs of um, on her website, so check that out if you're inter- interested in raw feeding and what to do. And she is a whiz. I can't recommend her high, highly enough. And um, mm. suss her out. Mm. All right, forty nine. Another puppies one hundred and one. Three puppy related questions, and I can't remember what they were. <laughs> yeah, and actually, in fact, we didn't put them in the in Let me the click description in here. Let's see if I can see it. Uh, no, it doesn't say. Uh, <laughs> it's a mystery, and I've forgotten too. You just have to listen to find out. Exactly. I love that one. That was, when I was looking back, so I'm like, oh, I was going through this before we came on. I'm like, well, what was those three things? And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, oh, well, look, I'm going to just talk about 50 and 51. They both come together. I'm going to keep it brief because it still breaks my heart and pisses me yeah. off. But I was, I was committing to get a puppy. I had a puppy, German Shepherd. Didn't last a couple of days. It was a big mistake that was on my behalf. Things happened. Nothing was wrong with the dog. Didn't do anything wrong with the dog, but it was just life circumstance. Things happen. A bit so overextended, then, overcommitted. Oh, too much going on. I was burnt yeah. out, sleep deprived. I was 
over, overly ambitious and um, and looking back at it a year later, of course, you know, to finish that up, I'd return the puppy to the breeder. So 51 was about the importance of owning your mistakes and all that. But um, I look at it now, look back at it now, like almost a year, um, a year ago now, mm. and I don't regret it. It still kills me. It still makes me humiliated. I feel like a shit, um, shit you know, I won't complete that mm. phrase and, mm. um, and everything else. But um, I don't regret it because the things that I was able to do instead of that, instead of committing to that, um, I'm a better person for it because for so many different reasons. So you can listen to that anyway. And mm. um, so that's that. Episode okay. 52. <laughs> 52. Oh, we're going to. We're going to... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. Let's cut it off here. We'll We'll cut it off. We'll stop that. How long have we been going for now? Uh, Like over an hour. Yeah, cool. Let's do that because it is a bit late and stuff. So, we'll come back at this. What I want to do, because I did promise this to the people who listen to the end, um, I'm going to read out the... I'm going to read our top 10 of all time, okay? So, I'll ask you, Panos, like what's... If you had to guess... uh, I think I've shown you the list now, but... I've forgotten that. Let's go. So, if you had to guess, what would you say our number one episode of all time is? would have to be maybe either two it would have to be why um why do we have to give dogs a job or yeah. the was it that one close that or the or i was going to say the, the um the, a puppy 101 yeah like it was the first three. puppy episode so why the yeah, first episode thing, three. first 16 weeks will define your dog's life and yeah how um, many was the on second that? one is why all dogs need a job. Uh, so episode three, why the first 16 weeks will define your dog's life had like 1,861 downloads. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. All Thank right. you, people. I'll just, I'll just bang these out pretty quickly. Okay. So number two is also episode two, why all dogs need a job. Uh, coming in at three is our first episode, introducing Panos and Luke. Coming in at four, what is marker training? Why it's the foundation of all dog training? Uh, then we've got how to deal with reactivity in dogs. Then it is the importance of structured walking for your dog, uh, followed by bringing your puppy home for the first time. Uh, then crate training 101 and toilet training 101. And then uh, interviewing Pat Stewart coming in there at number go. 10. Yeah. The solid list. So, all the, all the foundational episodes typically, you know, there's uh, like two – Puppies 101 episodes and then also, I mean, crate training and toilet training is pretty much Puppies 101 as well, right? So, um, You'd be if you listen to yeah, those for sure. four, I mean, th- those those 10 episodes, it, it's a pretty good cross-section of like the most important stuff and I think the download um, figures reflect that. And it's pre- actually pretty impressive for, for it to reflect that as well as what those episodes are. So, um, mm. that's cool. Well, look, mm-hmm. we will. Then I'm not going to do a Q&A for next session, next mm-hmm. episode. We we'll, will we'll do, do this other, again. We'll do the last 50, yeah. We'll do it again. Also, yeah. It's been really fun. Again, as I said, I'm just going to put it out there is that I've really enjoyed doing this because it's it's cool to look back at what you've done, your work, and, mm. and to be like, wow, it makes you feel good, give you a sense of dopamine. Um, but also, obviously, big thanks, you know, episode 100, right? So you guys have been listening. You guys are obviously downloading and and, and I'm getting the feedback and I'm sure Luke's getting the feedback of mm. all the things that we've been helpful for and it's for free. We're giving it out there f- to you um, and we wouldn't be at episode 100 if no one was downloading and listening. So, we didn't yeah, get anything absolutely. out of this directly. We would have given up a long time ago. So, like, yeah, it's all thanks to the listeners for sure. Exactly. But, look, we don't get anything directly out of this. Maybe indirectly we do, maybe a bit of work here and there. But the most important thing is that this is something that we can give out to our community and mm. we appreciate it. So, um, I've still got a little bit of beer left in my be can so cheers to you all <laughs> much love i really do appreciate you and um yeah keep on training your dogs eh? 
Thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll um, the next episode, we'll do the, the last 50 episodes that we'll we We'll do in the next tonight. couple of days yeah. while all this is still fresh. Yeah, sweet. Perfect. Right. Thanks, guys. See you, bro.